Hey, welcome to the bonus episode. This is the series that I've always dreamt of doing in addition to what I bring to you daily. I love interviewing and investing and talking to women who are empowering other women to live life on their terms. And today I get to talk to one of my very favorite women that I have come in contact with on this journey. And she's talking about MLMs and how that's how she really took her life back. And that's how she restructured her life and started living on her own terms. And I think she runs her MLM in such a beautiful, organic way that I just wanted to bring her here to just show everybody what's possible and that there isn't just one way of looking at how to set yourself up to be successful in that arena. I think before I ever met her, I came onto her site. I had no idea that she ran a successful MLM. I have since crowned her the Canadian queen of multi-level marketing. She does it wonderfully. She is definitely steering the ship in the direction that consumers are going already. I know right when I came on her site for the first time, I wanted to know what she was about and how she did what she did. And she never said anything about that on her site. That is huge. And she talks us through how she does that, why she does that, and how she turned away and made her MLM her own. I think it's such a timely message. It's such a beautiful gift as so many of us are looking for freedom in our own lives and looking for ways to restructure what we do and how we can do it. I I needed this conversation and I think so many other people out there did. So I hope that you enjoy. If nothing else, you get to meet one of my very coolest friends that I've met along this way. I'm excited for this. So join us on this bonus episode, Women Empowering Women Wednesday. Let's go. I'm joined by one of my very closest podcast friends that I've ever met in my whole life. I've always wanted a woman like this in my life, and I was gifted her by some alignment of the universe. I think that we actually ended up meeting on a podcast that we both listened to, and she was looking for people to be interviewed on her podcast. I ended up applying for that and getting accepted, Um, and we had a conversation about healthcare Um, because that's the topic that she talks about and that used to be the world that I worked in. Uh, So we connected there, but we connected probably for an hour before and another hour on the back half just because we vibed so high. Um, I have a million reasons why I'm obsessed with this woman. And um, I've kind of been fangirling ever since. I do talk about her podcast and I have been featured on it. more than one time. And I think more than anything, why I wanted to bring Karina here was just to kind of talk about why I'm obsessed with her. Because the second that I was brought into her world and applied to be on her podcast, I realized that she did things the way things should be done. She 
made her own way in this world and she has this organic and beautiful way about talking about things without feeling like it's being pushed down your throat and oh my I God, really, stop this is hey you can play this back for yourself I'm no just, okay yeah keep coming so <laughs> I am obsessed with her and the way she does things and I really just wanted to bring her on to talk about who she is and how she does what she does and she really inspired the first part of me creating this podcast because of the way she does things so I'm so amazed to even have her here and we're going to dive in. Do you want to talk about yourself if I didn't? Oh my God, you're so crazy. Hi guys. That was so generous and nice. This is insane. You left out your favorite part about me. I'm Canadian. <laughs> and she's from Canada. I mean, I and send like her all of the funniest course. things. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, hey guys, uh, we did all the things she says are true. And here we are now, you know, potting for you, blessed souls to listen to our brilliance. So yeah, we're going to give it to you today. Giving it. Okay. So you have a, you have a podcast of your own. Can you talk me through why you started that? Cause I think that's pure brilliance yeah. and amazingness. And then what you actually use your podcast for. Okay. So I started a podcast about a year and a half ago, like launched a year and a half. But of course the idea was birthed like years prior to that. Um, I just wasn't really happy with the way that the online platforms were moving and um, the censorship behind it, or just like the controls behind it, the algorithms behind it. I just felt like, yeah, like I had built some pretty big Facebook groups and I just felt like I was constantly needing to either pump money into them, be present in them all the time. Even if I was auto scheduling stuff, it still didn't feel like it was organic. Um, And so I just was like, you know what, this is baloney and I'm actually not being myself because of all these weird parameters around where I am. And so I thought, where could I actually... A, my biggest concern was owning my content. I didn't want my content to disappear. I didn't want to build something on borrowed land, essentially, if you will. Um, I wanted to be able to A, have an email list and B, have content that's my own. So I did have a webpage already and I just started looking at different avenues. I mean, there's always the YouTube vlogging and all of that. And I just thought, okay, well, that's going to make me less me too, because then I'm going to get all dolled up. And then that's not what I look like. Like right now I'm a real peach on Hannah's screen, you guys. (laughs) Um, so I just thought naturally podcasting, I'll, I'll try it. I'll just, I'll see what happens. I'll get a couple books. I'll read about it. I listen to them. I like them. There can't be too much behind it. And so that was sort of the birth of it. And then I didn't really, um, Once I started researching it, I realized I needed a a specific theme, a topic, like what I wanted to do. And always my ethos and work has been to like support other women and then everything gets better. Like if we can just all work together and not shit on people, then everything gets better. So for me, it was about connecting people to the resources that they're maybe looking for, or just like slowly dropping in big sister vibes of like, maybe this can be your next step, or maybe you might want to think about this or just presenting different options. So I made a couple really cool connections with people like yourself and, um, people in sort of like my wheelhouse of health and wellness. And the show just sort of took off. I started doing um, solo episodes as well. And I really think that like, that's 
I have more value to give there. And I want to focus more this year on doing more of those type of episodes, Mm -hmm. because when you have a guest, as you know, there's a lot more technicalities to it. Um, and then you're just on your edge. I want the hell are they going to say too? So that's how I'm sitting here right now. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that was kind of the birth of talks too much. I mean, that to me was the thing that probably held me up the most was what I was going to name my podcast. Um, I had all the nuts and bolts in place. I had everything in place. And then I had this idea for a name, Karina talks too much. And it stemmed from just like who I am as a person, always every report card growing up, no fail. It had some variation of that comment. I talk too much. And thankfully, like my mother never really chastised me for it. She's similar in that nature. And so it was sort of, for me, I took it as like, I think I was just at that right age group where it was like, I wanted to take this and run with it and not take it as like a negative. Right. And so I just pitched it out to some friends and I got sort of mixed reactions. That's always Um, the funnest. It is. Isn't it funny how like once you get into business for yourself, you really realize that like nobody around you knows anything about what you're doing anyway. So what do you care about their opinions? That's the true. If you take nothing else from this podcast and I don't know what else we will say here today, we never really know, but that is the truest clap worthy moment that we could have. No one knows what you're talking about. So taking advice from them is insanity. I think people confuse the fact that because someone is close to me, they must know what I know, or they must understand what I believe, or they must see it the way I see it. And I think that's our biggest probably like problem with human nature is that you just assume way too much and you put too much on other people's. And so if you just have like zero expectation. And so for me, I was just sort of telling some friends like, Hey, like, like I live in a small town, nobody's podcasting here. I can guarantee you that I am probably the sole podcaster around. Like maybe there's one or two, but like, I'd be surprised. And it's probably a retiree. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, it got mixed reviews. Like one of my friends, I'll never forget. He was like, well, why would people tune in to listen to you talk too much? Like, <laughs> that's not going to gain new people. Like if you're wanting new people, that's not it. But it was such a, like, that was from a dude. That was a male perspective, right? Like so male. And I was like, well, that's fine. Like, I'm not looking to get you. <laughs> right. And, and that's so true. Like, continuing on until you find those people. Because the second that I heard your podcast and the premise of it, I had to just binge all of your episodes. And, you know, obviously I'm a fan, but even before I knew you, you, I could just feel that we were a similar vibe even before I even met you and we podcasted together. So I think you just have to keep pushing until you find those right people. And Definitely don't deter yourself because your brother's uncle's sister didn't like it. Like yeah, she, I think he that just sets a lot of people out, you know? Yeah. And you have to just keep going and stay true to you. So how do you stay focused on what you're doing? Because I think one of the challenges with being in this market, with doing work like this is to not use that cookie cutter approach and how you do things and talk about things is so organic and natural. How do you avoid looking like everybody else? And how do you trust yourself to do that? Yeah, that's something we really see a lot, hey, 
is it's just like, let's just copy and paste what somebody else is doing, or even just the way that we're marketed to as online entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. It's like, take this course and you'll be able to be just as successful as me. And it's all just shit. Like, I want people to know that that's just like, it's all one foot in front of the other and just making mistakes and failing forward and really owning every word you say. So for me, it was really important to be able to express who I am because I'm somebody that naturally probably censors myself around people to make them more comfortable. I say things that are maybe a little bit more controversial or whatever, like I'll say it because I think that's how we move forward. That's how we get better. We have to sit in that discomfort in order to get to the good stuff. And so that's, that's something that like, if you're projecting that on social media, it can be seen as negative. It can be seen as like, I'm just this like negative Nancy that I'm just shitting all over things. So for me, it was really important to have a podcast because there's context there. Mm -hmm. There's feeling, there's sound. You get to know me on a level where you know I'm not an asshole and my intentions are good. Whereas black and white text on a page can be anyway. You can take that any which way. Absolutely. So, Saying true to my message and my voice has always just been like, I, you, you have to, baby steps. It was baby steps for me. It started with one little thing that maybe I felt a little bit of fear sharing and then it just kept going, right? And so now I'm like, nothing is really off limits for me. And I think that's probably freeing, but it's also, um, it can be kind of daunting at times too, right? Yeah, because there is a line. Yeah, there's always that like, oh, I don't know if I want to share this next thing. Like, do I really want to let you in that far? Um, but talk to me about, so you have the podcast and it's not, it's not directly aligned with how you monetize that podcast. Talk to me about how you set that up because you're not like in people's faces, like buy this thing, do this. And people still funnel in and use you for that. Talk to me about how you set that up. So the first book I read about podcasting was um, obviously about profitable podcasting because there was no point in me putting hours and hours into work into this that I wasn't going to see back to me. And so the first few episodes that I recorded, I remember thinking like, I'm going to think about the monetization of this after once I see how this takes shape, because I don't want it to come out blaring that I'm selling something right away. And so I work in an MLM and I recommend health and wellness products. And so the focus of what I do is always connecting people with the next thing, connecting people with the next person they want to work with, the next resource, the next education source, the next product, right? And so for me, that came organically. I still am not doing it as best as I think I could, but I have it, you know, the end of my podcast sort of like, Hey, like, this is what I do. You can check me out online. You can shop my online store. And as well, like I I've started to take in my guest process of totally different than the beginning, right? Like I'm vetting people differently. I'm looking at them more along the lines of like, are these people that I would want to work with later? Because I am developing a relationship with the guests that come on my show. I do end up sending them thank you uh, baskets afterwards that do have little things, like little things from my store and outside of my store is like a thank you. Um, and I think just like not having it 
in your face, like we see on social media makes it appreciable. So people are actually seeing that like, there's value to what I'm giving. Yes, she is an online entrepreneur, like everybody else that's selling something, but because she's not barfing it in my face all day long on her Instagram account or in her podcast, let's see what's going on. And I think maybe that has, has, um, I don't know. I think, I think my whole approach to MLM is different than the average MLMer because I never came in on the way that most people come in where it's like, okay, just like duplicate Becky before you and you'll be fine. Like I came in primarily as a customer that was looking for a product that was specifically gluten-free because I was tired of looking at the back of every freaking thing I was buying to make sure it was right. So my doctor was the one that was like, why don't you just go with a whole brand? that has like everything you need that's gluten-free and then you don't have to worry about it. And that was like a light bulb moment for me and it made my life so much easier. And so then in turn, that business model made sense to me. So that's why I started and that's kind of like, I keep that in my mind where I'm like, I, I never would have participated in this business model or even purchasing these products had I been pitched the way that they are trained to be pitched. And I would have lost out on, a great thing. Cause I absolutely love the products I sell. Right. Well, and I think you hit it on the head right when you dove into this question, I recommend and the recommend versus sell, I think is the, the difference. Yeah. You're not selling me on that. You're saying, Hey, I'm gluten-free. This is how we live our life. This is what I recommend take it or leave it. But I think when you flip that and you take that approach where you're like, I'm selling these products and these products are the best. You don't have to sell it when it's true. And I don't, I don't know how that line gets walked. I think your approach is so beautiful and so amazing, which is why you're here. Um, but how do you, how do you kind of turn away from that regular MLM approach. Yeah. So that is not something that they obviously encourage because if you can't do something that's duplicatable, then how do you grow your business? Right. Everybody else has to be able to do it. And so for me, I kind of stripped it down to, okay, I get that. I get that fact, but I'm not going to be that lady that goes into people's homes and sells Tupperware. Like I'm not going to do that ever. And I just looked at, at the core, what are we, what are we doing? Okay. What are we doing every single day? Well, we're buying toothpaste and deodorant and vitamin. Like these are expenses that we have all already. Right. And so for me, I worked it into a conversation with my network of just like, I'm redirecting my spending boo. I'm either going to buy this stuff here or I'm going to buy it from my own store where I get a cutback, where I can help other people. And it's like really good stuff at cheap prices because I have a wholesaler, right? So for me, I just teach people how to redirect their spending from GNC, Walmart, Sephora into their own online store. And I take away the part that's like, then you have to go and find people to do this ah, to make money because you actually don't. Because what happens in real life is you have friends over, well, maybe not right now, but like what happens is people naturally ask you what you're using on your face or what you're using on your lips or what protein powder, right? And so then you just recommend it. And I've taken away the part of the weird business schemey thing where I'm like, yeah, dude, it's online. It's an online store. 
you're going to buy this stuff anyways. So just get your own.com and go from there. And so I think once people, especially now, they're so used to buying things online that that makes more sense. That is an easier hurdle to uh, jump over than say even it was five years ago when the home party method was still going strong and people were still making millions off of this. Cause this is an industry where 80% are women and they're making over a hundred K a year. So this isn't like cute shoe money if you do it right. Right. And, um, I know, so you basically just blew up the business model that you were obviously being pitched. My sponsor hates me. (laughs) (laughs) And you, catered it in a way that could be true to you and to what you felt comfortable with. How, how did you grow your confidence in that? How did you know that that was your way? You just kept moving and I, it was really tough. The first couple of years, what ended up happening was people within like my sponsor's business started seeing oh, this new girl came in and did things a new way. I want to try it too. And so then there was a lot of pressure of like, oh my gosh, if this doesn't work, I've just taken all these people that like, I don't even know, right? Like they're not, I'm not going to pay off of these people. Um, and so the first couple of years were really scary and it was literally like month to month, like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And it's hard. Like online business is not easy. Just like brick and mortar is not easy. You have to find your crowd. And so uh, it, for me, the biggest problem turned around with getting other people to see that they could do this too, because it looks like I'm doing like a lot of things, right? Like I'm podcasting, I've got a blog, I'm going to school. Like I could never also do this thing that she does as well. Right. And so for me, it was stripping it back down to the basics and showing people like, look, this is just how I do it. You don't have to do it this way either. Everybody purchases their own, which way you find which way that works for you and how it's going to work in your normal conversation. And that's something as a coach that I help people develop, right? That's not something that I just let them figure out on their own, that there is like back end to all of that with me specifically. And I think that's probably why, um, like people are craving this. People see that there is real money and business involved in MLM and the stigma is so great. Or maybe the fear is so great. I don't know. My biggest top three that I get from people are, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. And what are people going to think of me? And to me, I like shoot all of those out the water because I'm like, okay, well you do this business because you don't have any time. Like that's why you do it. Yeah. So you can maybe have choices later on the money thing. It's so expensive to set up your own business. Like even just a podcast, you're in it for probably $500 if you're doing it the cheapest way possible. Right. Well, all of these types of businesses, like it's like $20 signups, $40 signups to get your own.com. You don't have to invest in a ton of products. Like that's where I think it gets weird is when you start front loading products, you start filling your fucking garage with neck creams and stuff. And you're buying from your own store. That is nothing that I will ever duplicate nor support in my business. Cause that's not organic business growth. We're working with products that don't have preservatives. So you can't front load, right? Like these things are only good for about a year. So just teaching people like how to be a person and a human again, I think is like the most of what I do in a job. Like, honestly, because they're so brainwashed. They're so brainwashed to think that they have to post on their Instagram, their smoothie every morning or whatever. Right. Like, Ooh, 
I don't know. Maybe that works for some people, but I can tell you right now that they are the ones that I worry about longevity in the business. I know I'll be in this business 20 years in. Those are the people that I'm like, shit, are you? Cause you're going to burn everything out. You're doing everything so gross. Well, that because the first it. time, the first time that you come on and you look like that and it, even if, so say that you're the first coach to come in in your area for whatever it is, if you're selling products, if you're selling workouts, if you're doing whatever as an MLM, if you're the first one to come in, it's going to look good. And the smoothie in the morning is going to look sustainable and it's going to feel good. But once you coach the 10 people that are under you to post their smoothie, You've just spammed the entire social media feed. Right. Everybody's smoothing. And good thing you made your money because these people aren't going yeah, to. Exactly. Like that, that is sucks. like finding your voice and finding how you want to do. Like MLM is not anything new. This has been around for 40, 50 years. And there is a misconception about pyramid schemes and how all of that work. And I think the biggest thing to just flat out tell people is that whenever you use that scheme, like you, I'm sorry, you look like you haven't done any research because a pyramid scheme is actually when, um, you know, money exchanges hands and there's never a product moved, right? Like there's never any thing purchased, right. received. Um, and so in this business model, we're basically like walking, talking billboards for a brand. I simply get paid on my recommendations and I get paid nicely because of that. Right. And so I think once you switch that mindset around to people and just be like, look like you don't have to be a salesman here. You really don't. You can just live your life and it all kind of like works out. I swear. I know it sounds like hokey and weird, but like, go look at my Instagram. You would never know that I am in an MLM. I get pitched probably twice Literally. a day from MLMs, I, even people within my own company. And I'll be like, boo, you're killing us. Like, let's talk, <laughs> you know, let's chitty chat. We don't do cold calls like this. That's weird. People don't like being spammed into their own instant message box. Like, there's just, and like you say, when that happens and it's successful for one person and then they duplicate that, it duplicates quick. And so if it's not good standards of practice, like, holy crap. So I think that's probably the biggest thing I learned, especially yeah. from what. So what's the one piece of advice you would give someone starting to build their MLM or getting to the point where they're like, this sucks. Two people are liking my posts and everybody else just hates me. What's the one thing you would tell them if they're struggling or just starting out? Get off the internet. Get out of your head. Stop looking at everybody else. Read a fucking book. Go for a walk. Get out. Because the more, when you're at a place like that, where you're thinking like, I'm a failure because I have two people liking me, like you're a failure because you've put value on two people liking something on the internet. Amen. So there's a bigger freaking problem than that. And so I know that there I am with my, like, I'll say it and it sounds harsh, but like, it's true. If that's what you're really worried about at the end of the day, then online business is not for you. It is going to kill you and your spirit. So yeah, do some inner work. Um, yeah. Like really, really. I would like, say that I can't be bothered if, if like, I don't look at stats primarily because I think that's an ego game. I look at it 
just for like, okay, what's working, what's not, maybe I could tweak something here and there, but it's not based on, oh, so many people liked my pictures. What does that mean in my value in space? I mean, I could have 30,000 people like my picture, but that still would mean the same as two people liking my picture to me because who are these people? I don't know these people. They're not in my real life. Right. They're not affecting the work that I'm putting out. They're just right. consuming it. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's such amazing advice because that's another start stop point. That when you start becoming obsessed with that, and that's your only driver. So I remember um, early on when I was going to start my podcast, I remember just having to constantly tell myself because I listen to webinars and I listen to the things that everybody's like, have a list. You waste years there. Yeah. You waste years. Make sure you have a list before you start a podcast. Make sure you do this before you start. Do this, do this. And I'm just like, I'm not going to have all of those things. And I still want to be in this space. This is the most doable for me this is what I'm going to do. And I just had to stay very conscious of the fact that I was doing this because of my why. And whether it's one listener or 20,000, it doesn't matter, right? All you care about really at the end of the day is that what you're putting into the world is making a difference, whether it's, and and bottom line, if you feel good about what you're doing, how you're doing it, what you're selling, whatever it is, then you're doing right. Mm -hmm. Then no like, no listen, no anything yeah. affects that, right? If you're passionate about it, if you love it, then do that. Talk mm -hmm. about that, but like stay insanely focused on why you did it in the first place because success or not will impact that if you don't stay focused there. I think that's so true and so real. People get so distracted and hung up because their first person that entered them into the MLM or their like top coach, well, she gets 20 likes and I'm only getting two. I don't feel like I'm doing good. I don't feel like I'm worthy here. And you are, it just, it takes time. It takes so much consistency to keep showing back up, to keep being that person, because that's what people want to see. Okay. She's obsessed with this face cream this week in a year. Are her wrinkles looking better or not? Okay. They are now I'm about to buy from you, but you're always just one day away from that person deciding. So if you stop today, tomorrow, you could have broke through, you know, and it just doesn't matter. Those are what you said. They're ego. That's the biggest yeah. thing I think in MLM is people walk away right before their big break. I mean, I'm not going to say that there's times when I'm talking to somebody that's thinking about doing this business and I will say flat out, like, look, I don't think this is for you because I'm not the type of person that just wants to bring people in and sees them as a dollar sign. I think that can happen really quickly in MLM because there is a lot of money to be made there. And so it dehumanizes the experience. It devalues the coaching. It's everything, right? And so stripping it down to what it is and what it can be, I think is the most important part and knowing the company you're with. So you do feel proud of where you are. I think that's your first step because a lot of people start a business, especially in MLM, because they're easy to hop into. 
and don't really look at the business plan. Don't really look at the business ethos, maybe the way the company gives back, like all these things or how long the company's been around. Has there been any health claims that are in court right now? Like these are important questions to have. And I think that's why MLM gets a really bad rap is because people just jump into things like this, but it is a business. It's a business. Like you're going to go and buy Subway franchise, right? So but it's I, knowing your options and what you can do. Well, and don't you think that that's the crazy thing? So like every business that we see that exists, everybody has their own mission and why and those things. And I'm not saying like, go culturize your MLM till you go crazy, but the fact that MLMs really are pitched and marketed as a cookie cutter is crazy because it is your business. So why not, you know, just because so-and-so is talking about the business, why she got into it because she couldn't work out because her kids were at home or whatever, that doesn't mean that's going to be your why. Maybe your why for getting into MLM is that you want a freedom-based business. Well, then talk about that, right? Then that's your why, that's your thing. And I think you do such a beautiful job of that because your why really was that your family had this need. And so the way that you talk about it really is just need-based and recommendation-based. And I think that's so refreshing in that realm and you stay so true to that underlying why, that's why you stand out. That's why you look different from other MLMs. But here's another thing about the why is you have to invite people in to hear that story. Mm -hmm. So I don't share my why on every Instagram. I don't even, I don't even think I have an Instagram post at all, period, in any of my posts sharing why I am doing this, because that's a conversation that I'm imposing on somebody that they don't want to hear. Right. If that's the, you know what I mean? So right. I always feel like I wait until people, until people want to ask me what I do for a living or why I started. Cause it comes up, it does. And that is natural human contact. Like that's right. what we're forgetting. That's what I think that I really am trying to de-brainwash people when they do come into my business. It's just like, Hey, like we don't have to be cookie cutter. We can do our own things. We can be our own people and do things like our own way. It's so easy to actually do that with an MLM because the only similarity that we all have is that they build our website for us. So whether you're visiting my website or somebody down the street that's also a rep, that all looks the same. That shopping experience is going to be the same no matter what across the board for all of us. And that's a good thing. We don't have to build a website. We don't have to do the whole e-commerce thing. They do all of that shit for us. All our job is redirecting people there. That's it. So Knowing your why is really important. A really good book that helped me was Simon Sinek's Start Your Why or Start With Why, I think it's called. Um, and understanding that like your why is, is a conversation. It's not something you're just putting out there because right. oh, maybe, they, maybe they care, maybe they don't. Well, you can well, do that in your email list because you've built that rapport with them. Right. You've built that invitation in, but you don't do that on every ninth post on Instagram babe. Like, (laughs) right. I I think that's just it. And that's why podcasting is important because you establish that closer relationship. They're coming and finding you. So that, that to me is 
taking that next step, right? That's them investing in you and wanting to advance this relationship. That's when you can invite that conversation. That's someone taking a step and saying, and it's more than a like on Instagram, it's a like and find. And that's when the relationship changes and you've built a platform that allows for that to happen. Because if you're only doing an Instagram post, you're not really allowing the advancement of that relationship. So even if it's going to a blog, you have vested interest from that person and then you can start having those conversations once they're on your email list, once they subscribe to your podcast, there's, there's an acceptance and understanding that they value what you do. And yeah, that's when you start talking, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've invited you in then. Right. That's when it happens. And like, this is like the most basic funnel that you want to teach people. And it's like almost more of an abstract funnel than an actual nuts and bolts Zephier or whatever, you know, that you're going to put through. Um, but it is, it's a necessary step for people to see that it doesn't just, don't just barf that shit. And this is coming from the girl that talks too much. So like. <laughs> if barfing was anyone's specialty. Right. Listen to me the, about the verbal diarrhea. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay. Do you have any more advice? We're going to go ahead and wrap. I think we have filled people with all the wisdom that you have. And um, do you have any more last ticket of advice? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is just to start, right? Like you said, you could spend all this time on webinars and doing the things and whatever it is that you want to do, just start, just do the one thing. It gets really overwhelming when you actually sit there and write a list and think of all the things that you need to do, but Hey, maybe you're type A and you need the list, like do whatever you got to do, but just do something. Don't sit there in your head and analyze everything or, or pitch things to people that are not in the place that you want to be in. That's the biggest one, you know, like only ask for advice from people that are building what you want to build. This is why I needed this friend. I didn't have any podcast friends before I met you. And it was just kind of like, I'm going to go in this direction. I'm probably going to need people who can support that kind of work, just like you would have coworkers. I think, especially when you're, you know, running your own thing, your own business, you're an entrepreneur, you need coworkers. You need people who are in that same space doing that same work. So I've been so blessed beyond blessed to have found you and to get to keep you in my network and to bless all of my listeners here with you. So my last thing today is where can they find you? How do they learn more about what you do? And I think if this talk interested you, I think you definitely have to at least go to her website and see how she does what she does. Because if nothing else, you'll see MLM done amazing and organic and in a beautiful way. So where do we find you? Jeepers creepers. My goodness. They're so sweet. Um, well, the easiest way you can find me is probably at my.com because it redirects everybody to all the places. So it's at karinalanting.com, K-A-R-I-N-A-L-A-N-T-I-N-G. 
Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's Karina talks too much. All of my handles are pretty well like that. So if I'm Twitter and Instagram are kind of the two where you'll find me. Um, but Instagram is my bread and butter. That's where, um, most of people find me, follow me, get redirected to the podcast. Um, I am working on the website right now because my work with me isn't really flowing the way that I want this page not working, but it does redirect you to find out like how the ways that you can work with me and all that stuff. And I'm rambling. Yay. Well, I will have that in the show notes. Um, and so we'll, we'll get everything you need to find Karina, um, up here in old Canada. 